You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. We are launching into a brand new series today, and the brand new series is called Under My Roof, and I'm really excited about it. I think as we go into the fall with school starting and kind of getting back into the motion of life and what that looks like for this fall and, and football soon and all the things. One of the things that I wanna be able to do or I felt impressed on my heart by the Lord is this, is to talk about our homes. And my hope and prayers in this series as we talk about our homes is that you get a, get a chance to experience the peace that God wants you to be able to experience in your home. And so we're gonna be talking about some practical things. We're gonna be talking about money. We're gonna, things, things that steal peace. We're gonna be talking about marriage. We're gonna be talking about parenting. We're gonna be talking about entertainment. And so my prayer is that in the Bible, Joshua says this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, is that as we make decisions to be able to do this, I believe that we will get a chance to experience the peace that God wants us to be able to experience. And so today and next week, we're gonna focus on money. Although today, kind of money, but kind of not. And you'll see what I mean by that in just a second. Here's the title of the message today. It's simply this, Jehovah Jireh, for my old school church people. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace. No? Okay, all right. For me, for me. Okay, come on. That's old school church right there. I'm a lot of different things as you are a lot of different things. I'm a boss. That's one of the things that I, I get a chance to do with my life. Uh, I have people who, who I get a chance to, to kind of help lead and serve. Um, I'm a pastor. I get a chance to, if I'm out and about in public, someone will, hey preacher, hey preacher, come over here. I get a chance to be a pastor and it's a huge blessing in my life. Comes definitely with moments of challenges for sure, but man, I'm a pastor. I'm a friend. This last year, two of some of my best friends in the world, one lives in Charleston, the other in Charlotte, has been going through some stuff and so I've had a chance to be a friend to them as they've been navigating through things. I'm a dad, I have three kids. Here, let me show you one of my favorite pictures in the, in the whole world. This is the moment my daughter's born and uh, right here. We're living in Nicaragua and two of our three kids were born in Nicaragua and this is literally, she is just born and, and my wife, it was through cesarean, so my wife hasn't even had a chance to hold our daughter yet, and she's crying. Actually, let me show you the picture right after this, right here. She's upset because I didn't get her the new iPhone as she came into the world. And so like, <laughs> she, she's already asking for stuff. That's what's going on. I'm just kidding, any parents know? <laughs> she's like, Dad, how come you didn't get it for me yet? Well, literally, so, so that's the picture there, and then if you go back to the other one, Greg, if you don't mind, the one that you just played. The, she was crying and crying and crying and the, and, the, and the nurses in the ward, they couldn't get her to stop. And then I'll never forget when I reached out my little finger and she held it, immediately she stopped crying. And that's the, yeah, exactly, yeah. Anyway, that's that moment right there. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm a lot of things. I, I'm, a, I'm a husband. My wife and I got married uh, and been married together for years and I'm a husband and, and she calls me babe and I'm her, and she's my babe and I'm her babe. And so my husband, I'm also a son, and I, uh, my parents, we have the opportunity for they live right next to us, and I gotta tell you something, so as a son, with my parents living right next to us, it comes with certain privileges. If, I, I know I talk about food a lot, but just, by the way, today I'm gonna throw so many personal stories at you, you're gonna be sick of them, but the reason I'm gonna throw personal stories at you is because I really believe that God's word to be real, it can't be real at a distant place, it has to be real in our life. 
And so I'm gonna just, a lot of personal stories. Anyway, if I was to give you my food pyramid of the foods that matter most to me, the very top of the pyramid, the most important food item in my life is the humble potato, which by the way, it's a vegetable. I love, I love not all vegetables, I love that vegetable. You can mash it, you can fry it, you can bake it, you can even boil it and somehow the potato comes through, it's like, I'm delicious, you put cheese on it. I love the humble potato. My wife every now and then will do a baked potato. And, and, and so I love the baked potato, put some butter in the baked potato. I love putting cheese in the baked potato, but there's always an element that we don't seem to have in our house and it's called the bacon bits. Now, my wife went through a phase where she got me bacon bits, but she gave me like the really nice, like actual bacon, bacon bits. I don't like the actual, I want the bacon bits that look like they were made in a lab and would glow in the dark <laughs> under a, like, I want the bacon bits that look like they couldn't be sold in other countries because they're probably that, that good for you. Like, you know what I'm talking about, those bacon bits. You're like disgusted right now. Those are the ones that I like. And those are the kind that my parents have in their house. So, which is really funny. So like, just this, this recently, she made baked potatoes. I, there was the butter, there was the cheese, and there was no bacon bits. So I did what any good son would do. I burst through my parents' house, didn't ask how they were doing, could care less. I'm going in to make sure that I could get some bacon bits grabbed it, shoved the bacon bits in my hand and went home and then just downpoured. Yeah, okay. I'm a son. You're like, where are you going with this? Here's the the tie-in, ready? Out of all the things that God could use to describe who he is to us, one of the the ways he describes himself is father. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So we share, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we share the exact same heavenly father. That means that you and I are sons and daughters of the one who created everything. And, and knowing that you're a son and daughter transforms how you see yourself. But what is your father like? And I think this is a, an issue for a lot of us because when we talk about what our father's like, we have different impressions. And depending on how your earthly father was, it can really impact how you view your heavenly father. Or depending the kind of way you grew up in church, I know a lot of you grew up in church, then you might have the assumption that the heavenly father, if you do something wrong, is gonna rain down lightning bolts on you. Or the ground's gonna open up and swallow you. But what is your father like? Well, that's why I love the Bible, because when you go to the Bible, there's all kinds of names of God to describe elements about who he is. And there's one name, a name that several songs have been written about, Jireh, that he is Jireh. Now, Jireh means provider, and this God who is the father of us, who made a decision to follow his son, Jesus, this God wants to be provider over us in our life. But what does that mean for us? And I'm here to tell you something, it's so significant. Let me start off with a statement, ready? Here it is. And this is talking about the peace of God, and as we get to know who God is, Jehovah Jireh, this is what we're talking about today. Let me start off with this way, ready? The only way to experience God's peace is to do things God's way. And this really, really matters here because a lot of times I think if we're, if we're truly honest, let's get honest for a second, we want the blessings of God, but we wanna do things our way. And I'm here to tell you something, if you want to experience the best that God has for you, the only way to do that is to do things God's way. And that's why some people can be believers in Jesus but live their life not close to the Lord, doing things in their own way, and they don't get a chance to experience God's peace. So if you want and desire the peace of God, let me put it to you another way. Even the prodigal son came home. And we think about that for a second, but the prodigal son, sometimes in our minds, the prodigal son came home, got money, went back out again. That's not the story of the prodigal son. 
The prodigal son recognized where he was and said, it's better at my father's house being a servant than it is being out here on my own. So what did the prodigal son do? He went back to his father's house. And my my encouragement for us is that we would go back to the father's house and whatever the father says is the way that we do it. And so if we wanna experience the peace of God, which is what this series is about, under my roof, how do we experience God's peace? Then we have to do things God's way. Let me show you a picture of my dad preaching in the Amazon jungle. Tell a lot of stories overseas. So something about my dad that you need to know is he hates being in the heat. That's why he asked God not to send him to other countries overseas and in warm places. So where does God send my dad? To the middle of the Amazon. That's where I lived when I was a kid, several years. My dad would sweat so bad, he would go through multiple shirts. When he would preach, and this is still the old school days, and I know he's wearing not a suit in this picture, but in regular church on a Sunday morning, full on suit, it's like a thousand degrees outside. I mean, he's just pouring sweat. Well, my dad, anyway, here he is, he's preaching, and, and, and they would get a chance to go and visit the, the Indian tribes and, and present the gospel to them. Well, one time some pastors from the US came down and they're gonna get a chance to participate in some of these outreaches to reach out to the, to the natives. And when some of these pastors came down, I'll, I'll never forget, when they came down, they brought a ton of fishing gear with them. Because they're like, hey, if we have some free time, can we go fishing in the Amazon? This sounds like a delicious thing. By the way, if you go fishing in the Amazon, and I, I think I've said this before, there are more things that will eat you than you can eat. If you fall in the water in the Amazon, good luck to you, because it is like survival. I mean, it's just crazy. So they came down. And they're imagining all these things that they can catch. Do you know, you may not know this, that the only place you can find pink dolphins is in the Amazon. You can find pink dolphins in the Amazon. They have a fish in the Amazon River called paiche, which is this amazingly delicious fish that you can get. And it can become pretty massive. You can fish that out. Catfish in the Amazon become massive. And so anyway, these American guys, they come down, they bring all their fishing gear and they say, hey, when we have some free time, we want to go fishing. So sure, go for it. So they go to the banks after one of these things and the native Indians are like watching them pull out gear, like fishing poles that they begin to attach and all the lines and lures. And they watch the Americans go down and just start throwing and casting into the water. And they're like mesmerized by all these Americans. They're like, wow. And the Americans are out there and they're like thinking, they're imagining like pulling out the biggest fish they've ever caught in their life. And they're out there and they're fishing and they're fishing and catching nothing and nothing and nothing. And the natives are like, Man, bless your heart to these poor guys. <laughs> Y'all doing okay over there? Y'all fishing all right? <laughs> and then eventually, one of the natives had like, they had, they had enough pity on them. So what they did is they said, hey, listen, can we just show you how we do it? One of the native Indians, like young kid, went, from a, went to a tree, grabbed a branch from the tree, snapped it off, tied, tied a string to it, went to the water and tapped the water three times, like this, really fast. I couldn't even replicate what he did. One, two, three, one, two, three and then just started pulling out fish left and right as the Americans with all their expensive gear is just sitting there and they're just watching him go like this. And it was such a scene. And the reason I tell you that story is this. It's so easy to come up with our own ways of trying to do things when God has his way of doing things and being a Christian is the process of allowing God's way to become our way. And the way that he does things is not the way we always do things. He says, you wanna be first, then be last. You wanna be the greatest, be the servant. He says, so he does things differently and it shocks our system because we're used to the nice expensive fishing gear. We're used to the way we wanna do things. And yet God's way is, you know what, grab a stick, hit the water three times and I'm telling you, it's gonna come a lot better than you think it is. God's way of doing things is different. And in order to experience 
the peace that God has for you, then it means that we shift the way we live to be under the way that God does things. And here's the, here's the thing I've learned about God. You know, Jesus said this. He goes, if you wanna find life, then you must give it away, which is the opposite of the world. The world will tell you the other way, ready? If you wanna find life, you better go out and grab it. Carpe diem, seize the day. But Jesus says, give it away. And what I've discovered about God is that he wants far more for you than he ever wants from you. And when you look at the Bible, when God asks you to live and do things in certain ways, it's not because he wants to punish or demean. It's because as a father, he has your best interests in mind always. But he's, he, he's not a God who will be taken advantage of ever. And we've gotta be people who are willing to not just be God, give me the blessings, but let me do me. We've gotta be the people who say, here I am, and how can I live, Lord, and what do you have? And then we shift and we adjust accordingly. Let me, let me, let me show you some verses. You may not have actually seen these verses. Here's Proverbs. I know we just finished a Proverbs series, but look at this. Through wisdom, a house is built, and, under, and by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. This is the heart that God has for you in your home. We're doing a series under my roof. Hear the heart of God. By wisdom, a house is built, understanding it's established. Listen, and by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. This is the heart that God has for you in your home and the stress that you brought with you today. God cares about your home. Look at this other verse in Proverbs. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked, there is trouble. So hear the heart of your God, of your father. He's like, listen, I have things for you. I am Jehovah Jireh. We're gonna get to the story of where, that, where, where the first time you see that name in scripture in a moment. But here you have God who is provider and he's saying, I want you to be able to experience the fullness of what life has to offer. Now, the testimony for our family goes like this, that out of all the gifts my parents have been able to give me, the one thing I've seen them hand down to me is this, is that my parents for my entire life, I'm 42 years old, have believed that God is provider no matter what they see in front of them. They served as missionaries. We grew up with very little. Sometimes we had almost nothing. And yet over and over again, we always had exactly what we needed to make it through the day. My parents don't have a lot to hand down in terms of inheritance, but they gave me a greater inheritance than any financial one because they taught me that God is provider God and I want you to know provider God because he wants you to know him as that. It will change your life. And so... I've witnessed this, and the story and testimony of our family, let me give you one real quick. I remember being in college when my parents moved back overseas, called to the mission field, and my mom was working as a teacher, my dad was working at a regular job and pastoring a Spanish church over in Virginia, or up in Virginia, and I remember my mom making the craziest statement. She goes, now that we're moving back to the mission field, I'm so thankful that, we could, that God is gonna be the one who's providing our paychecks because I'm tired of having to rely on my own hands to do this, or not, 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 not I didn't explain that well. I, I totally didn't explain that well, by the way. That was horrible. I'm thankful that we can depend on God for our provision and it's not gonna be up to my, the regular paychecks for it because I'm gonna see God move in ways that I wouldn't otherwise. And they moved back to the mission field. They moved overseas to Nicaragua and certainly for years they witnessed God provide and provide. And then my parents, towards the 2018, we're getting to the place where they're like, we think we need to move back to the States. My mom is never gonna stop doing ministry stuff, but my dad's health was getting bad and they realized it was time for retirement. And the thing that I knew growing up with my parents is that my parents never had, they, they haven't had a retirement. They've served God faithfully their entirety of their life, preaching and leading in a lot of places. 
And so God had laid it on my heart. I was like, how can I take care of my parents? I have no, I have no idea. And my wife and I are, in a, are on a date in downtown Fountain Inn at Kachina, and there was a house for sale, and I saw the house, and I, I tried to find it on the real estate app, and I couldn't find it there. And while I'm looking at other houses, I come across a house, and it has two kitchens. And I say to myself, holy cow, there's two kitchens. And, and in 2018, uh, the housing prices hasn't shot up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, holy, and then we, we, we're like, we, we see it, and then all of a sudden, we're like, it's available, we couldn't believe it. And in 2018, we bought a house, that had a house and it had a, what used to be a detached garage that turned into an apartment. And it was the year my parents were moving back to the States. And the Lord opened up the door so that we could buy this house in Fountain Inn and we could buy a house that we could provide a home and space for my parents to be able to live in. Now I had witnessed my parents the entire life say, God, you're gonna be a provider. And then I had witnessed them come to the end of stuff and not have a retirement. And at the same time that we didn't have a retirement, my wife and I are in Fountain Inn. We're looking at, we're eating, we're at a date looking at houses randomly and God opens up the door here. There's a house that, listen, when they listed it for sale, a contract was on it, but the contract went through and it sat empty until we came on it and we made an offer and they took the offer. And so, hold on, let me, let me, let me show you. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And let me show, let me show you a picture because this is how good God is. The, actually, before you show the picture, the entirety of my life, my dad hated being in the heat. And then all of a sudden, my dad is living next to us and then a year and a half ago, we had the snowstorm. So here's a picture of my dad this is the house, is the house behind him that they live in. And you have to know something. They did not have a retirement because for my whole life they said God's gonna provide. Now here they are in retirement. Not only did God provide, God provided a house that they don't have to pay for. And by the way, what's even more amazing, they don't even have to pay utilities. Except for two months in the winter when my mom leaves the temperature at like 76 degrees because she's used to tropical weather. So anyway, I'm like, I love y'all. Y'all need to pay the difference in this bill because this is ridiculous. And they live right next to their grandkids. Because God is a provider God. And when I, when I read that verse of, of treasures and riches, it's more than just stuff. The greatest treasures is always relational. And so I'm watching, I'm watching this play out. And by the way, we didn't get here because of any other reason than God. I could tell you the stories in my wife and I's life of how we, listen, we have been on the edge of not making it so many times it's not even funny. And yet, the God that I know is provider God. And my parents, my mom still travels back and forth overseas, still serving the Lord. And I get a chance to see my pops be so happy in the snow and not in a thousand degree heat, even though South Carolina is not the coldest place ever. And so, there it is. So money, provision. Let me give, let me give you a thought. The reason why money is two, is two parts, this Sunday and next Sunday, is because I wanna lay the foundation for this. And really, today's message is for the whole thing in a lot of ways. But let me give you a thought, ready? And how you and I handle our money. Money is not really a money issue. Money is actually a heart issue. One of the things that steals a lot of the peace that we have in our homes is actually financial stuff. When we have financial stress and how are we gonna make it and what are we gonna do? And I'm here to tell you something. Money is not a money issue. Money is actually a heart issue. And next week, we're gonna talk about some practical ways, biblical ways of how God wants us to handle and how we can handle money. But let me just, look at some of these verses, ready? Here's 1 Timothy. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. It's not money that's bad. Money is just a thing. It's the love of money that's bad. We could all have stories of how that's played out. It, it always... It always breaks my heart if I get a, when a, when a, 
you see a family and they have a death in the family and then there's an inheritance and then family that normally gets along all of a sudden starts fighting just because money's involved. And it breaks my heart. So we gotta be careful here. Here, Here's Jesus, ready? No one can serve two masters for either he will hate one, either he will hate one and love the other or he will be uh, devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And then there's this verse here, ready? This is Paul writing in Philippians and he's saying this, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so in this verse, Paul's saying that when things are bad, God is still good. And when things are good, God is still good. That he's tethering his life to God, who's a constant and who's consistent. And there's highs and the lows are gonna go and they're gonna come, but God is always good and God is always faithful. And so I can do all things. Let me put it to you another way. I can endure all things through Christ, who is sitting on a throne that is unshakable and unmoving. And because of that, Paul makes a declaration. I can learn to be content. Money is not the thing that's gonna be the determining factor in my joy. It's gonna be God because God is the source of everything for me because he's provider God. So, I told you a couple stories already. How does this play out when things are challenging? So, when my wife and I got married, we believe that the Lord told us that we would have three kids. Three kids. And, and so that was always the thing. So we get married and not long after being married, we find ourselves in the mission field and then kid number one comes along. I showed you the picture of her. Then we stay in the mission field for a couple of years and, and then all of a sudden kid number two comes along, actually right before we move back to the States. And then God opened the door for us to be able to launch Renovation Church. And Renovation Church launched in October of 2014. And so this coming October, we're gonna be turning nine years old and it's amazing to see all that God has done in honestly a short period of time. And, and, and so, but the first year that Renovation Church existed, we got pregnant with kid number three. And we had always believed that God would, we would have three kids. And so here it is, the birth of Renovation Church, and then my wife is expecting. And so a lot of activity, a lot of things going on in the first year of Renovation Church, and, and we took a vacation, and we went to Hilton Head, the four of us, my wife and I and our two kids, and right before we went, she went to the doctor, did a checkup, and we hadn't announced anything to the church yet and everything like that. Went on vacation, had a great time. We were at Hilton Head, staying in, I don't know, someplace. And great family vacation. And we're dreaming and we're talking. Baby number three is gonna come on the way. Come back from that experience. My wife goes up to her next checkup. And this time she went by herself. And I remember she called me. And, and I know a lot of you in this room, unfortunately, have experienced the same thing. But, but we lost our kid. And my wife's upset and she's crying and you have to kind of process these things. And, and so immediately my wife started talking about it. We started praying, praying about it and you go through the whole process of what that means physically and, and then emotionally. And somewhere in that, in that process of losing a kid, my wife said, my wife said, God still has another kid for us. We can trust him. And when Paul writes, when Paul writes that I've learned to be content with everything and then with nothing, it's, that's the moment that you and I have to figure out who we are. Are we gonna choose, okay, God, in a situation like that, 
are you still good? Are you still there? Because it's painful and it's difficult. And I watched my wife in that whole process never waver once on God's goodness, even in that situation. Your father who created everything, you know what he wants from you? He wants you to know him as provider God. And when I talk about provision, I'm not just talking about financial provision. I'm talking about the provision over your heart, over your mind, and over your soul. I'm talking about the provision where you can lay your head on the pillow at night and know that it's not always up to you to figure everything out, that there's a God who has a plan and it's better than yours. But here's the thing, ready? And this is my challenge for you. You have a choice. And this is why this really matters. You have a choice. This is the choice. You have to choose, ready? You have to choose and no one can make it for you. Your life in your hands or your life in Jaira's hands. That's the choice. And there's a lot of people who believe in God, but their life is in their hands because that's our default setting. Our default setting was, I'm gonna take care of it. I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna make it work. I'm gonna do it. But guess what? He's not Jehovah sit on the back row, God. He's not Jehovah of second best. He's not Jehovah, you do you and I'll do me. He's Jehovah Jireh, which means God provider sitting on a throne, not any throne, the throne. And he wants to be on your throne. He is not a God who is willing to take second place. And so in this idea of choosing, it is either your life in your hands or your life in his hands. And how you answer that is gonna determine the peace that you have. I promise you. Because it's either the peace that you can produce with this or the peace that God can produce with what he can do. I'm gonna invite Gabe up. We're gonna, this service is gonna end a little bit differently. Gabe's gonna come up and we're gonna, like I said, do something a little bit differently today. He, there, there's a really popular song now called Jaira. It's one that you've probably heard. We haven't done it here at church worship-wise. And in a moment, Gabe's gonna lead us in a chorus of that song. But the reason I'm telling you personal stories is because I want you to see that God is provider. So back in 2015, my wife and I lost our kid. Fast forward a couple of years later, church has grown And my wife and I are like, we believe that God wants us to have another kid. And so we get pregnant. Again, we had lost the last kid. Now, our, it took a while to get pregnant. I know it's probably TMI, but hey, you know what? We're here, all right. You can explain that to your kids who are in the room. All right, (laughs) hallelujah, it's my gift to you. It took a while, and so, but then in 2018, we get pregnant with, with kid number three. And of course, we're going to the checkups, but it's a very, very complicated pregnancy, like super complicated pregnancy. And they're telling them, without getting into all the details, it was a very complicated pregnancy and high risk. My son was born a month early, but before my son was born a month early, my wife was in the hospital for the previous month and had experienced all kind of heavy complications. And to give you an idea of the complexity of it, they bumped her up in the schedule way far ahead of time and they had so many doctors in the room because the, the level of danger was really significant with the birth of our third kid. And so, in 2018, that was the exact year that the Lord led it for us to be able to buy the house from our parents who lived next to us. It also was the same year that kid number three came into the world. Now, our son was born, should have died, I've told that story many times, should have died but God saw it fit to have him come through. Now he, he turned five. I'll show you a picture of this little pooty poot in a second, but 
What you may not know is this. And out of the nine years that we've existed as a church, only one year we actually did group insurance as staff. And that wasn't my decision. We only did group insurance one year. We, we give a stipend for insurance for our staff and you're like, hey, go on your own adventure medically. Like, hey, go for it, we believe in you. But for one year we did group insurance and we had this catastrophic clause. So in the year of 2018, the one year we happened to have group insurance, the happen, year we happened to be pregnant with kid number three, our kid is born. My wife is in the hospital for a month before he's born. My kid is born. He's in the NICU for a long time. Do you know how expensive that is? You need to know something. Out of pocket that year, because of the insurance that we've had that we've only ever had for one year, we paid a total of $2,000 out of pocket for everything. And then kid number three, not only does God bring him into the world, but God makes it so that he can continue to live. And here's what's even greater. Two of our three kids are born overseas. If he was born in Nicaragua, he would be with Jesus right now. But because he was born here, medical care was able to bring him through and through prayers. Now, God might have saw it fit to bring him through in Nicaragua, but they didn't have the resources that they have here. Instead of all the kids to be born, it was here. And then we only pay $2,000 max out of pocket. And then this pooty poot gets born into the world and just adds to our family. Let me show you a picture. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Eating a donut. <laughs> it's, it's my son right there, hallelujah. I have, by the way, it's potato in the food pyramid and then donut and then blue bell chocolate ice cream. Okay, all right. Today's gonna be a little bit different. And I am so far behind, but I'm gonna press on anyway. Y'all just gotta deal with it for a second. The lyrics to the song Jaira says this, if he dresses the lilies in beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he clothe you? If he watched over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? How much more does he love you? So what I'm gonna do, and Gabe, I'm gonna mix it up a little bit because we're running out of time, so just hang on for a moment. Let me read the story of where Jehovah Jireh comes from. It's Genesis 22. Ready? This says this. This is Abraham, and you know the story, but it says this in verse nine of Genesis 22. And then they came to a place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and he placed the wood on the, on the, uh, uh, in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar and upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. God asked Abraham to kill his only son as a sacrifice. This is Abraham's future. This is crazy. This is what God asked him to do, and Abraham did it, believing that God would provide a way out of it. But, and so Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay a hand on the lad. By the way, how British of the New King James. I was reading this, I was like, how British can we be? Cheerio. Sorry, I shouldn't be. All right, anyway, all right. This is, all right, this is serious. All right, sorry, my bad. My ADD, all right. Don't do anything to him. For, how, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behind them there was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it up burnt offering uh, instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. This is the first time you see Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now, that's foreshadowing. 
You maybe have never seen this before. I wanna connect the dots. Look at this, it's John 8, Jesus talking and he says this. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. What was Jesus? The only begotten son nailed to a cross. And you know what Jesus says? Your father Abraham who stood over his son, who didn't have to kill his only son. You know what? He rejoiced to see me that I would come and I would be the sacrifice once and for all for everybody. How awesome is our God? Money is not a money issue. Money is a heart issue. This has, this has everything to do with your life in your hands or your life in Jairus' hands. So what I wanna do now is I wanna have you close your eyes for just a moment. And I'm gonna have Gabe lead us. And what I wanna do is I'm gonna, we're gonna end this service different because as you close your eyes, I want you, between you and God, I don't want you to leave without making this choice. I'm gonna force this choice on you. I want you to choose right now. God the provider who's able to come through. Or you. And Gabe is gonna lead us in some of the song and you can just keep your head bowed and eyes closed and I pray that you would allow, allow the Lord this moment, your Father's provider and he is good. And you are a child, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance. In Jaira, you are enough. In Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance. In Jaira, you are enough. And while you're there, when you look back, reason I said a lot of testimonies of how God has come through for our family is because if you can look back in your rearview mirror and see all the ways that God has been faithful, I'm here to tell you something. Jehovah Jireh isn't just faithful to your past. He is faithful in your present and he is faithful into the future. The thing that gives you faith into the future is that you look in your past and see that he's never left you or forsaken you. He is good. And even when you have moments that seem like they're full of deep despair, if you can hold on and you can trust God, you may not see it yet. But here you have to know deep in your heart, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. And what kind of people are we? We are the people of God who declare from our hearts, we may not see it, we may not understand it, but just like Paul, I've learned to do and be content in any situation when I am low and when I abound, when I have little and when I have much, because my life is now built on God and God himself.
close us out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, while we have come today to church to just hear from you, may we be reminded, God, to the core of who we are, unmistakably, The God of Abraham is also our God. He's the God of Gabe, the God of Jeremy, the God of John, the God of Nicole, the God of all of us. And you neither slumber nor sleep. You are not too distracted to know the things that weigh us down and the needs that we have. So God, may we declare in our hearts and choose your way to know you, Jehovah Jireh. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you because there is no one who is like you, King of kings and Lord of lords in all the earth. In your holy name we pray, amen and amen. Church, we love you. If you need prayer for anything, we'd like to pray with you, over you, for you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.